Recognized nationally for excellence in clinical care, Lord's Health System. It's time for Lord's Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. The liver is the largest solid organ in the body and the second most commonly transplanted major organ after the kidney. My guest today is Dr. Manish Tapar. He's assistant professor of medicine in the Division of Gastroenterology and Hepatology and the medical director of the Lord's Liver Transplant Program at Lord's Health System. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tapar. Tell us first, what is the role of the liver? Thank you for having me, Melanie. Uh, the liver, uh, as you mentioned, is, is uh, one of the largest organs in the body, and it has a, uh, a variety of roles uh, in the normal state of health where it uh, helps detoxify uh, the various chemicals that are produced and also has a role in synthesizing hormones, and uh, it plays a major role in energy metabolism and uh, also in metabolizing drugs that we take medications, i.e. So what can generally go wrong with the liver? What are some causes of liver issues and liver problems? So the liver can be affected in, in a lot of different uh, causes or etiologies. And, and, and generally, if you're looking at uh, liver disease, uh, the question that is first raised is, is this acute or this is chronic and if it's acute liver disease, in most cases with supportive therapy, it is self-limited, and the liver does have a remarkable capacity to regenerate itself. However, when diseases become chronic, such as chronic hepatitis C or long-term chronic alcohol use or, or fatty liver, to name a few, uh, that's when the liver undergoes repeated injury, uh, and it leads to a stage uh, of cirrhosis uh, where liver uh, tissue is essentially replaced by scar tissue with regenerating nodules. That's when people run into trouble with their liver disease on a long-term basis. And that's where they end up needing services for a transplant, etc. So are there some symptoms of cirrhosis or fatty liver or liver disease other than hepatitis C? Are there some symptoms that people would notice that would signal that they need to go see a specialist? So most of the times uh, when patients are affected uh, with, uh, with liver disease, they're asymptomatic. It's usually picked up on routine blood work that they have in their office, in their primary care physician's office. By the time you really develop symptoms, it's usually well advanced. So the general recommendation is if you, uh, you know, if you have history of exposure to blood or a baby boomer, you should be screened for hepatitis C. Patients uh, who have history of uh, close contact with hepatitis B uh, patients should be screened for hepatitis B and vaccinated. Symptoms in, in late stages of liver disease when they develop could be yellowness of your eyes or, or itching or the patients may present up uh, as throwing up blood and then rarely they may develop cancer of the liver. Like I said, by the time they develop symptoms, it's usually far along in the disease and really that's not the things you should be looking for. If you determine that somebody needs a liver transplant, what determines which patients will get one? What's involved in liver transplantation? So it's a, it's a team approach, uh, and uh, as, as the listeners probably know, it's not a minor procedure, uh, and it involves evaluation, looking at the patient's heart, make sure they can withstand the surgery, looking at their lungs. Uh, we'll look at what the indication for transplant is, most programs around the country require a period of uh, 
uh, abstinence uh, from from alcohol uh, and uh, uh, then obviously we look at the insurance coverage, make sure the patients have an ability to pay for the medications post-transplant, uh, and uh, social support is important that we want to make sure that somebody's there driving you to appointments after transplant, and then you have a stable living situation at home. Those are the things, and ultimately it's a team decision where the surgeons, the physicians, the caseworkers, social workers, uh, and, and the coordinators sit and talk and get the input from various uh, providers and, and specialties and then decide whether this person is an appropriate candidate for transplant. That's how the process works usually. So, Dr. Tapar, people hear transplantation and they think about cadaver and and donor and that sort of thing, but livers can be a living donor. Explain a little bit about living donor and what you want the listeners to know about becoming an organ donor, specifically the liver. So uh, liver transplant is a little bit different than kidney transplants uh, because most of the liver transplants in this country is from uh, deceased donors or, or DCDs, uh, that means somebody who is donating an organ uh, before they pass away, that's how that organ is offered uh, uh, within the region and, and uh, to patients who are on the wait list. A very small percentage of liver transplants in this country is living donation, where one of your family members and friends can donate a part of your liver uh, to a person who is in need for a transplant. Like I said, that's in the order of uh, single digits, almost 4 or 5%. Uh, and it's done less commonly here than, than in other parts of the world. Uh, and uh, there are many historical reasons for it. But uh, needless to say, that's certainly an option. But majority of transplants uh, are from deceased donors. So how do you get on the transplant list? And are, is there a shortage of liver donations in the country? Is this a long wait for those in need? There is. There is a big shortage of uh, uh, livers uh, in, in the country. And uh, we are constantly trying to uh, raise awareness uh, to patients and then their family members to be organ donors uh, uh, it's estimated about a third of the patient on the liver transplant list actually die every year waiting for an organ. So even if you're put on your list, uh, on, a, on a liver transplant list as a transplant center, that doesn't mean you're going to get a transplant right away. Most of the times you end up waiting for months. Uh, and it varies a little bit from your region uh, and on your blood group, but you end up waiting for months for, for an offer uh, for, for a liver. And uh, the key is to increase awareness and uh, sign up to be a donor. Most states, uh, you can sign up at the time of your registration for your driver's license. You could do that. And certainly, if that's in your advance directives, uh, your family members, you should talk to them. This is what you would like to do. That can certainly be approached at that time. So it's so important that our listeners sign up for organ donation on their driver's license and make their wishes known. That's also so important. Tell us about Our Lady of Lords Medical Center liver transplantation program and what's going on there. What are you doing that's really exciting? Well, we 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 are one of two centers uh, in in all of New Jersey, uh, and and our. We serve the whole of South Jersey. The other center is uh, in, in, in Newark at the University Hospital. And uh, the area we serve uh, uh, is southern part of the state. And the program has been uh, running for almost 15 years. Uh, and uh, 
we are uh, rebuilding the program and uh, trying to uh, establish ourselves as as a premier program in, in this area. That's so exciting. And just tell us what people can expect in this last few minutes and why they should look to Lourdes for their care. If if you need to be evaluated for a transplant, it usually starts by you evaluated by one of the hepatologists in our practice, myself, and there are two additional hepatologists in the clinic. And the, the initial evaluation in the clinic, we present you to the transplant selection committee uh, where everybody discusses and, and looks at various uh, uh, parts of your medical history. And at that point, you're brought in for an evaluation where you initially sign a consent to be evaluated, which is a little bit different than a consent for transplant. This is just allowing allowing us and giving us permission to start the evaluation process, which I mentioned looks at your heart, your lungs, etc. And once all that information is gathered, uh, we try we discuss again uh, as a committee, and then when you're put on the list, you actually get a notice saying, uh, a letter saying that you are made active on the transplant list. Thank you so much. It's really great information. And our listeners, if they want more information about the liver transplantation program at Lords, they can go to lordsnet.org. That's lordsnet.org and look up the expanding liver transplant program in collaboration with Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. You're listening to Lords Health Talk. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.